All right. It is Burst and Moose with Connor, Patrick, and Manny. Week two of the NFL. I felt better about this week, to be honest. I felt more prepared. I wasn't as wasn't exhausted at the end of the day, like week one. I felt like a NFL vet, to be honest. But uh it was a it was a pretty good week too. There's some a little bit of chaos, not too much, some sad injuries that are gonna affect some teams. But how are you guys feeling? I guess I guess besides the taunting role, how's this NFL season going thus far? Uh I think it's going pretty well. We've seen some some great games so far, some exciting matchups early on. The, the early games this week were were pretty interesting. Some some close finishes with the four o'clock games. It was a exciting day of football yesterday with, with a with a great game at night too. Yeah, it was a, again. It was a great weekend of football. Like Connor said, I think I was a little bit more, you know, a bit more prepared. But uh, you know, I I think it was just a better weekend of football. But at the same time, there's a lot of negatives. I mean, I was calling the women's soccer game on on Sunday, and every time I checked my phone, it was like someone's injured. A tweet: someone else is injured. It was just ongoing. I was like, there's no way it could be this bad. And then I was watching. There was a video about like all the taunting rules. I was like why are these like why are these calls it doesn't make any sense whatsoever that you know I get it like they're trying to you know clean their image like whatever but like no fan player nobody likes this besides Giants owner John Mara who like you know I'm pretty sure everyone hates at this point because he was the one that came up with you know was like hey we need to do this but no like why it was just it's a stupid rule it's as stupid as like targeting in college football and it has to be fixed because it's just like no it's just stupid like all these calls are don't make any sense yeah ho- hopefully they fix it we'll, we'll have to wait and see but it's probably the the biggest thing hanging over the NFL's head this season thus far but throwing that aside we had a great Sunday night football game Ravens Chiefs Another classic. We've had three games between Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. Patrick Mahomes has won them all, 3-0 versus Lamar Jackson. It felt like this was kind of hanging over the Ravens' heads. Just the reaction at the end. It seemed like this was a win. They they really won it. They felt good about it. Do you guys think this win should have meant, should have meant more? Like They acted like it meant a lot to them. Do you think it should have like meant this much to this Ravens team? I think just because of the way, like, the narrative was shaped around Lamar, really. It was – I don't think any other quarterback was talked about as much as needing a big win over Patrick Mahomes than Lamar was. Like, you never hear, like, people say, like, Josh Allen or, or Justin Herbert needs a big win over uh, Patrick Mahomes. It was always Lamar Jackson. Oh, Lamar Jackson needs to beat him. He needs to beat him at some point just so um, all this talk around him – seem validated at some point but I think it got to Lamar to it uh, at this point because you saw the way he reacted at the end how confident he how badly he wanted it by um by telling John Harbaugh that he wanted to go for it just to make sure that he was the one to end it so I think I think as a player like especially Lamar where you're criticized for running the ball a lot and not really throwing it to beat like the guy the top guy at the position of quarterback to beat him, it's such a crazy game, such an important game where if they were 0-2, they would have been in a really bad spot. But now they're 1-1. Every team in that division is 1-1. So I think it should it should have meant as much as it did to them. I think it's validated that it did just because of what such a rough start that they had to this season and going up, going up against the Chiefs where they were 
written off from the start. Nobody thought they were going to win. I think, I think it does, it does validate the, the, all the emotions you saw there at the end. Yeah, I think to answer Connor's question, it definitely meant a lot to them. Obviously, we know the Chiefs have pretty much dominated the NFL over the last couple of seasons. So one of the most complete teams, maybe not on defense, but offensively, I mean, I don't know if there's any better collection of offensive linemen, wide receivers, running backs, and obviously Patrick Mahone's a quarterback. Plus, the Ravens were missing, what, 12 players, and they were all on injury reserve. Uh, and you also, you, I mean, you're missing also your all-pro left tackle, Ronnie Stanley, who, you know, is that, I mean, he is the anchor, and he is he protects Lamar Jackson. And my hat's off to Lamar Jackson. I mean, he started off awful. And I, have a lot of fr- I have a lot of friends who are Ravens fans, and all their stories said, oh, God, this is it. Like, we're going to lose. Uh, I'm done watching. Like, you know, I was genuinely like, you know, going into that game, like, you know what, Chiefs are going to win. The Ravens, I mean, that's just a bad loss in Las Vegas. And with all the injuries, I was like, there's no way they can do this. And Lamar Jackson didn't have the greatest start to the game in the world. Uh, but, I mean, the ending, I mean, that's just as perfect as he could possibly play. Yeah, that Ravens defense is a bit concerning. And, I mean, they gave up three touchdown passes over 30 yards. It's the first time. I think in almost probably the franchise history, their franchise history in Baltimore, they've let up three 30-yard touchdown passes in, in the first two games of the season. So that is a concern. Uh, but yeah, Baltimore did cause those two key turnovers to end the game. So I think it's a bit up and down, to be completely honest, for the Ravens. I think it's a good win. It's a statement win and shows, hey, we may be missing half of our starters, but we're still going to come out and beat you. And especially when it's the Chiefs, that's a big win. So I think, like Manny talked about, all the AFC North, all the AFC North are one and one. So it's still a highly competitive division. I mean, the Bengals look good, the Browns look good, and you know the Ravens look good. There's a lot of good teams that look good in that AFC North. So I think it's going to be a competitive division. But the Ravens have to work out a lot of kinks on that defense to make sure it's you know humming by the end of the season. Big call of the night, fourth and one. You see the John Harbaugh, Lamar Jackson quote going everywhere, him mouthing to him, do you want to go for it, Lamar, basically. Since Lamar entered the league in 2018, the Ravens are 19 of 24 on fourth and one place. That's a 79, pretty much 80% success rate. That's pretty high. I believe it's first or second in the league since 2018. Do you guys like that play call? Personally, I do. It seemed like most people enjoyed it. But if you don't get it, I mean, they're basically in field goal range in 10, 15, 20 yards. Yeah, uh, I think it, just from what I said before, I, I, I think at that moment when I was watching it with like a few friends, I thought that the moment that the Ravens scored, like to put them up one, I, I said to them, I was like, they left too much time on the clock. I think they left over like three minutes and they were the, the Chiefs, excuse me, only needed a field goal and they had all three timeouts. So at that moment, they had the game at the end there. Like the game was over with a minute 20 left. All they had to do was just get it to below like like 20 seconds or so they were going to kick the field goal. But fortunately enough, they got that fumble. And then to still be in a situation where you, you're going to give it back to Patrick Mahomes and have him beat you, that's probably the worst position you could put yourself in for any team. We saw last last year with the Packers and the Bucks, they gave the ball back to Tom Brady, needing like the bare minimum, and look what happened. They lived to regret it for so many months afterwards. So I think it was I think it was the right call. 
for John Harwood to just even ask Lamar, uh, could you see a bunch of coaches just take it upon themselves to make the decision like Matt LaFleur did and like Mike Tomlin did, I think, this week on a fourth and one situation. But um, uh, kudos to John Harwood for even asking Lamar. And I think once he did, like, there was no doubt that Lamar was going to say no for all the stuff that we talked about already, all the stigma around that he can beat the that he can't beat Patrick Mahomes, that the Ravens will never beat the Chiefs. All that stuff playing his head, like there's no doubt he was going to go for it. And I think it was the right call in the end. And they won the game and proved a lot of people wrong in the end. So kudos to them and a great win for them overall. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think, you know, if I'm I'm very aggressive person with football, I personally want if shows a fourth and wall, fourth and one, excuse me. I'm going to go I'm going to want to go for it. So I completely respect John Harbaugh and Lamar Jackson for having that kind of open open line of communication, that chemistry to say, hey, do you want to do it? And I think anybody's going to be like, yeah, let's go. Any players can be like, let's go for it. Let's do it. If it's that close, you got to go for it. So I completely respect. Yeah. You know, you got to go for it. Lamar Jackson's athlete is a very athletic quarterback. So, you know, he's going to have a pretty high chance of getting of converting on that fourth down. Uh, but like, yeah, like the Connor said, if they didn't get that fourth down, I think there, I mean, he- heads would be called for with John Harbaugh. Uh, I mean, that would have been probably one of the worst, probably one of the worst mistakes that he's ever made if they didn't convert uh, and the chiefs went down and most likely they would have converted at least a field goal or a touchdown. So, you know what, John Harbaugh did the right thing. Uh, I think, I mean, it was probably the only right decision to make in that time. And the, the chiefs obviously fought a one and one, but they've played in two close games. Don't really feel worried about them. seems like they're just doing what they've done the past couple of years. I mean, their offense is good. Their defense is pretty good, and then they have some big splash plays. Obviously, they had a pick six, interception. They get sacks every once in a while. So they're kind of like a bend but don't break every once in a while kind of team. So I, I feel still good, very good about the Chiefs. They lost to a, a very good Ravens team, even though they aren't at full capacity as of now. But we can jump into some positives from the weekend. And I wanted to talk about Derrick Henry. And the Titans, I think that's a you gotta gotta give some positive buys from them. I think Derrick Henry is the only running back in the NFL that can lead a comeback. There's not there's not a single other one that can do it. The man had 35 yards on 13 carries in the first half. In the second half, he had 147 yards on 22 carries and three touchdowns, which those touchdowns were the only touchdowns scored in the second half. They're all by Derrick Henry. I mean, the Titans were literally down by two touchdowns in the fourth quarter, and you, you lost to a running back. It just doesn't make sense. I don't understand how this keeps on happening and how teams let – where you're down like this, you should be – I guess they're expecting in the pass, but we we should know this by now that the Titans are going to continue to run the ball, and Derek Henry is going to find a way to lead a comeback for the Titans. I mean, do we – it's, it's bad on the, the Seahawks' side, but are you feeling any better about the Titans after that week one performance and then now this performance, kind of a bounce-back game for them? Yeah, I think um, I think the fact that they won that definitely um, like solidified me, me giving like me feeling better about them. I think the way that it was like all panning out to be, it, was, it seemed like that their defense was going to cost them again at the end. Um, just like the Seahawks were having their way with them. They really couldn't get that much pressure on uh, on Brush. But I think, like you said, Connor, like it's just 
Derrick Henry. I I think the biggest takeaway I got from this game was that um, I think the Titans finally realized that like their formula for winning, I don't think they need to change it. I think they realized that they should stick with the the game plan that made them successful all throughout last year. I know they got Julio Jones and they wanted to open up the playbook, I guess, from for a lack of a better terms, you they could do that with Julio. But I think what this game showed overall was that that they're gonna live and die with Derrick Henry carrying that football. It's what is how they identified themselves last season and at the and in this game to take to take the W. So I think it's gonna be interesting to see now how they if they continue to do that, which I think they should, they should just continue to work work Derrick Henry until he can't get him um that went anymore and then open it up to AJ Brown who didn't really have who had a second consecutive game where he didn't really do much but a positive for on the passing side was that Julio Jones did have a better game than he did in the first game so I think that's some another positive you can take away from it but the biggest thing is that the Titans should just continue to run the ball I know they got Julio Jones and all these weapons but I think that running the ball is how they're going to continue to stick in these games because that defense didn't seem to be getting any better. So if they could keep as much of the ball as they can and really limit the other offenses' offenses chances, I think um, they'll only be trending upwards from here on out if they continue to play that way. Patrick, was this worrying for you with the on the Seahawks side of the ball? Yeah, I would say it is. I'd say it definitely is concerning. I think you know the Seahawks always haven't been like really known for their defense. Obviously. You know, going back to the Legion of Boom, yeah, of course, they were, I mean, they were probably the top defense in the entire NFL, but they've kind of struggled at times throughout the last couple of seasons. Uh, I mean, Jamal Adams is a good safety, but I also feel like he is overrated. I don't really like the hype around him. I think he's, I mean, honestly, he's more of a, with the amount of times that he blitzes, it makes it seem like he's more of like a a bandit like we have with West Virginia where you know we have that extra defensive lineman but can also cover he's good but I don't think he deserves the amount of hype that he gets and I think you know this Seahawks defense got blown up in that second half to be completely honest Derrick Henry yeah he probably is the only running back in the entire NFL who can literally put a man put the entire team on his back and just carry them to victory and I'm not meaning his size because the man's massive I mean, that man can run. Now, the thing is, he we saw it last season. There are teams that can bottle him up, and they have game plan to shut him down. But I don't think the Seahawks could do that with the personnel that they have or, you know, the game plan. Maybe it just wasn't that great, but they just couldn't stop him. I mean, yeah, they did well in the first half, but it just seemed like they completely let up in that second half, and he was able to just run wild. So, you know, again, the Titans come out in moments like this, going to, going to Seattle to play in the Seahawks stadium. I mean, that's one of the toughest atmospheres in the, all of the NFL. I mean, it's it's always the loudest, loudest decibels. It's always, you know, jam-packed. I, I rarely see a Seahawks game that's not sold out. So for the Titans to go in there and get a gritty win where, you know, we, it didn't look, again, like the Ravens, we didn't think they were going to win in the first half. And then Derrick Henry all of a sudden says, you know what? I'm going to do this. And he just completely demolishes that Seahawks defense. So it's a good win for the Titans coming off of their loss last week where, I mean, they, they just looked on, they just looked overmatched against the Cardinals to beat the Seahawks. It's a good win. And going into next week, I think they have the confidence, but they need to continue what they did in that second half against the Seahawks. 
going into next game. If I'm the if I'm Titans opponents coming up, I'd be very scared if they played like they get in, if they played like they did against the Seahawks in the second half. Derrick Henry with momentum is probably the scariest running back in the NFL, and hopefully he doesn't get the Titans this much momentum heading into other games. And that division they're in is wide open. I mean, especially if depending on the severity, the Wentz injury. And just the other teams in it. I mean, I think yeah, I've said it before. They said he sprained both of his ankles. I don't know if he's going to even play this week or potentially, you know, go on IR. So that's a huge, obviously he struggled with his ankles as an Eagles fan. So it is, I mean, there's two parts for that. It's like, you know, we do, we do get a first round pick if he plays, I think it's like 70 or 75%. So obviously I want him to play, but it does suck that he's like, he's not at his full, like, health if that makes sense uh then titans aren't going to get like the true colts matchup so i hope he plays just for like the eagles sake but then also i think it it will make it a more competitive game because the colts are good they have a lot of weapons on that defense and that offense uh and i think it'll make a more competitive game but if carson Wentz doesn't play not it's going to be a titans win any positive takeaways from this weekend you guys had any any teams that you think is just positive weekend overall any players plays or whatnot yeah i think um well as a team i think the panthers but um especially um as like a player just individually definitely same team sam darnold is just playing really good he's playing like com- looks like a completely different quarterback now that he has that he's in a great situation and um a lot of credit is due to uh matt rule he i think he's done a great job coaching that team and really building that team as very, a very well-balanced team on both sides of the ball. They look very good, especially their defense. It really impressed me yesterday because the Saints were coming in from a, from a great matchup in the first game. And then just to come out there and completely like shut them out like that and make Jameis struggle, make him struggle throughout the whole game and come back down, I guess, to reality to what kind of like a lot of people expected him to play like uh, was very impressive for me. Um, you also had Christian McCaffrey. He did what he does. He was really the catalyst of that whole offense. But I think Sam Darnold did a great job of really controlling the game, controlling the tempo, and really pushing the ball wherever they needed to. He had over 300 yards passing, a couple of touchdowns. And I think that's what this Panthers team needs. And I think going forward, now they're 2-0. Going forward in that division, which right now is kind of shaping up to be them and the Bucks. It's going to be interesting to see how they play against them. And if they keep playing like this, um, I think they'll give the, the Bucks a, a run for their money, really, because we saw how not vulnerable they looked against the Falcons, but just how there are some moments where you can catch the Bucks, catch that defense if, uh, if you play your cards right. They are vulnerable. They are, um, they are prone to, to maybe a mistake or a lack of um, concentration at some points where you could catch them and really make a game out of it. So I think the Panthers are a lot more talented than the Falcons are at this point. And if they play like the Falcons, they'll, they'll definitely challenge the Bucs in that division for sure. Any positives from this week? Any teams that you thought just ha- should have a positive outlook after this week, Patrick? Yeah, I'm going to go with the Raiders. I know I'm sorry about that, Manny, but the Raiders, hey, they look good right now. I mean, Derek Carr, I, I mean, he's having an incredible start to the season so far. Obviously, they have kind of struggled with injuries. Uh, they lost a couple. They lost their first-round draft pick, Alex Leatherwood. He was 
you know, starting and then he got lost at halftime due to an oblique injury. So that offensive line for the Raiders is concerning just because they're down a lot of their starters. So they have their backups in. So it's going to be interesting to see where the health is for the offensive line, because right now Derek Carr is operating on a level that I think I don't think we've seen from him uh, since he got into the league. Uh, so I think that's a good thing for the Raiders that they're finally playing well, obviously being back in Las Vegas with fans. I mean, that stadium's absolutely beautiful. It's good, but that offensive line is concerning. That defense is pretty solid too. Uh, I mean, Henry, Henry Ruggs had a great game. Uh, he didn't have the greatest rookie season last year coming out of Alabama, but, you know, coming into his own this season, he is the speedster. And I think he is going to have a much better so sophomore season, uh, especially with Derek Carr operating at such a high level. I think for the Steelers though, it's just concerning. Injuries are killing them. Uh, Devin Bush and Joe Hayden were inactive for the game. So that's already down two of your starters and two of your star players. You lose TJ Watt and that offense is just sputtering. Like it, it's, it just looks non-existent at times. Uh, you know, Ben Roethlisberger obviously is getting up there in age and he's not, you know, the same Ben Roethlisberger that we, you know, we saw maybe five, 10 years ago. And again, the Ju like Juju, Chase Claypool, Deontay Johnson uh, just, did not look this just again kind of looked like they were non-existent again in this game Najee Harris though great game I mean that, that he's really putting the team on that back like excuse me putting the team on his back he had that incredible almost Derrick Henry uh stiff arm push the Raiders defender out of bounds so I think Najee Harris is having a good rookie season so far but the concern for me is that defense with their injuries Ben Roethlisberger obviously is getting up there in age. The Steelers are going to have to draft the quarterback. And also, you know, that wide receiving core, as hyped and promised as they are, they have not lived up to the expectations so far this season or even last season. They were super inconsistent. Being our local Steelers fan, Manny, how are you feeling so far? You're one and one. Personally, I don't think it's been the most impressive start but I don't think it's going to be an impressive season, even if they, the Steelers make the playoffs. What's, what's kind of like that temp check for you right now? Are you feeling high or low on the Steelers? Uh, definitely a little bit lower than I was um, last week, but I think just going into the game, when I saw that Devin Bush and both, both of them were, um, Devin Bush and Joe Hayden were inactive. There were a bit of doubts in my head already. Like there were two, of our fundamental players um, on that defense. But even so, I still had some confidence that they, we could get some stops. And we did. We did get some stops at least at the at the beginning and halfway through um, that game. But, again, if, like Patrick mentioned, if your offense is sputtering at times where you can't really seem to get over half field, midfield and, uh, and put touchdowns on the board, um, the, the game overall is going gonna, is gonna to look rough for you. And I think at times, I mean, ben, ben played better than he did last week, in my opinion. He had almost like 300 yards passing, but they just couldn't score. And if you can't score the, uh, with those defensive injuries that you had, you're only putting yourself at much more of a disadvantage. The Raiders were putting up touchdowns and were getting points at almost every one of their drives. And if your offense doesn't answer, then you're just uh, at a loss already. And um, with all those defensive injuries, I think the defense just got tired. I think at the end, especially on that deep pass to, to Henry Ruggs, that really kind of like sealed it. But uh, overall, I'm not that 
down on him just because the injuries aren't so serious. We did lose uh, Tyson Alduwalu for like the whole season. He like fractured his ankle, but um, those other injuries are kind of like nagging injuries, like groin injuries. So I'm not that worried about him because I think everyone knows at this point that the Steelers are only going to go as far as that defense is going to take them because that offense is not what it used to be when they were in the AFC championship against the Jaguars. It's nowhere near that. So it's going to be live or die by this defense. And I think if they get to full health, I think we'll do okay. We're not going to – I don't think we're going to shock anybody really. But I think with that defense at full health and the offense at least being um, somewhat productive, we'll definitely make – I think we'll definitely make the playoffs and uh, have a solid season overall. Moving to the the negative side of things from the weekend with some weekend woes, I have – a quick one that we won't really discuss. Zach Wilson, zero touchdowns, four interception game. Stat line has only appeared four other times. And of course, two other times it was by Sam Darnold. So half the QBs on that list is a Jets QB. So that's kind of hilarious when you think about that. And just the Jets are just, I don't know, a disaster. Who knows how long they'll be a disaster. I like Salah. The, the Jets. I like. Zach Wilson, but like you said right there, the Jets are the Jets. A more serious one, Chargers. 12 penalties for 99 yards. Two of the penalties took away touchdowns. I mean, I really thought the the Chargers should have won this game, and they, they just couldn't. They made some crucial mistakes, and they had some crucial calls on them. And I think they're going to be a competitive team, but they need to win these games. They need to be a Cowboys team, and they they should be two and zero from my perspective. But now they're sitting at one and one and one in a difficult division. Yeah, I mean, uh, to piggyback off that, just uh, to give a thought off um, the Cowboys and Chargers game, it was very it was a very weird game just because uh, Dak didn't have the best of games, um, and I think that's what he'll need to do to get this um, Cowboys scene where they want to be. But uh, yeah, again, with the Chargers, it was like, it always seems like they're in a one possession game. And if they don't win them, like you said, Connor, then they're just always going to be, they're just always going to be there. Like just being a half decent team that has like potential. They always, they always say that they have potential, but they just can't get over that hump. Um, The one I took away the the weekend, well, I took away from this week of football was the, the Thursday night game, the Giants and the, uh, the, the football team. What a crazy game that was. And I think mostly a woeful weekend for uh, for the Giants, most of all. It was it was a crazy game. We were, I was watching it with friends, a Giants uh, fan. And uh, it was just at the end, it, it just seemed like they reeled you in a little bit too much. The Giants, they reeled you in into thinking that they could win this game. They had everything going for them. After that pick, I thought before the, the James Bradbury pick, I thought that they were going to win the game or that they had the game sealed, the, the football team, that is. But then when they had that pick, it all seemed to turn on its head and that the Giants were finally going to were finally gonna get that. Big, that was going to be a big statement win for them to, to hold off that football team. And again, that many people probably didn't expect them to win. But then they, they kicked the field goal, if I'm not mistaken, and then they gave the football team a chance to drive down the field and they got the opportunity. And then once they kicked the field goal, again, it just seemed like luck somehow was going to get the Giants this win. And then you had the penalty, which after I think a couple of days, you saw that it really wasn't a penalty or there was some confusion over that. 
over whether it really was uh, offsides by that Dexter Lawrence. But either way, it just uh, the Giants just found another way to to reel their fans in and just again end in another heartbreaking loss for them. Uh, and I think after that, zero and two in that division. Uh, I think it's going to be hard because I think the rest of the teams in that division are looking pretty solid. The football team's a little bit shakier than I expect them to. Um, but I think the Eagles and the Cowboys are really like the top teams at this point in that division. And going into next week, I think they play each other if I'm not mistaken. So that'll be an interesting game. But yeah, just another another loss for the Giants. A very unfortunate, unlucky loss for them. It was a game they needed to win. And it, it was hilarious funny the way they lost it and to be honest i mean we all assume daniel jones is is most likely gone during the season or or definitely after the season unless there's some miraculous thing that occurs during it and they go on a hot streak and daniel jones turns out that he's the next coming of lamar jackson or something but i i don't see that happening if someone sees that happening and it does happen you're you're crazy because you should be wrong but, Patrick, what's a weekend woe from you? Weekend woe for me, just the piggyback off of the Daniel Jones thing. I originally predicted he would never be a good quarterback, mainly because he had a zero, he was a zero star coming out of high school. But that's beside the point. My weekend woe is the Vikings. I have no idea what is going on with them. I mean, they look they just look like they're running around with their heads cut off. It, the offense looks bad. The defense looks bad. Kirk Cousins, I mean, he was good maybe in 2017 when the Eagles won the Super Bowl. Uh, but I don't think he's, he's not the same Kirk Cousins that we saw, you know, 2017. And even before then, he was a pretty consistently good quarterback. I wouldn't say he was great, but I would say he was, you know, I mean, he, he did pretty well. I don't think he's the same quarterback. And I don't think this Vikings team is the same. You know, again, Kevin Stefanski, who's now the head coach of the Browns, he comes to Minnesota in two weeks for that rematch. He's going to be looking to inflict a lot of pain upon that Vikings team, and he's going to be able to do it. Uh, I think the Saint, their Vikings, excuse me, they have a tough go. Uh, obviously, the Seahawks coming in next week. And, I mean, that's pretty much – it's Kyler Murray. All, it's Kyler Murray. Just Russell Wilson's a little bit more older, maybe not as agile just due to age. But Russell Wilson can still sling the ball, and he's a good offense and a good enough defense that they're going to be able to put the Vikings to rest. By week five, the Vikings are going to be 0-4. I mean, they just face two really tough teams coming up. And, I mean, they're going to be coming out of here 0-4. And week five, we're going to be thinking, like, all right, do we need to change quarterbacks? Do we need to change head coaches? And I think it's a valid point because, I mean, we talked about this last week with Mike Zimmer and Kirk Cousins, who we got rid of first. I think it has to be Mike Zimmer now. I mean, it could honestly, it probably should be both, but they might just keep, you know, Mike Zimmer, or I would say they keep Kirk Cousins just until the season's end. So they have like a somewhat, you know, decent quarterback. And I think they have to get rid of Mike Zimmer because if they go into week five, oh, and four against teams, you know, maybe that they're not supposed to win against, but if they don't put up much more competition, it's going to be Mike Zimmer heading home. Uh, they're going to have to hire someone else. So we'll see what ends up happening with that. But I think the Vikings are my weekend woe just because of how poorly, you know, they almost they almost beat the Cardinals, but the Cardinals were in control of that game uh, the entire time. So I'm really, you know, I'm not shocked at how it ended up. But, you know, I think it's a it's not good for the Vikings right now. I think they have to look really hard and think, you know what, what can we fix? And unfortunately, I don't know how much there is to fix besides 
you know, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, and Dalvin Cook is your core. You need a lot more to win games in the NFL. I don't think they have that right now. They need a kicker somehow again, and I, I don't know how they find themselves in this position because I, I think there was on the NFL memes account, it was like every time a Viking kicker comes in for a kick and it showed like an image of Madden in the uh, kicking line that you get to choose to choose it was way left. And I'm just like, I don't understand how they keep on getting in these scenarios with a bad kicker. And 37-yarder indoors, it's not easy, but it's it's like you should you should hit it most likely. So, of course, they lose in a bad way again. And I am worried about those Vikings, to be honest. And you made a good point, Patrick. I think they probably are going to be 0-4. They've got the Browns coming up. That's a loss. They've got... Seattle coming up, that's most likely a loss as well. So we're two weeks in. There's some 2-0 teams. We have to figure out if they're contenders or pretenders. And we can discuss the games as well from this week if, if it so intrigues us from these teams. But first up, I had the Broncos. They're 2-0. I kind of think they're a pretender, though. But I want to hear y'all y'all's thoughts on the Broncos overall yeah uh I think uh I agree with that just because um just because of the people or not the people the the teams that they played um they played the Giants which I don't think many people had any thoughts that they would lose that game and then they played the Jaguars um and the Jaguars just from week one you saw how there's really nothing there I know they have Trevor Lawrence but he hasn't been anything special he hasn't been generational which is uh, the word that's been used to describe him a lot throughout his whole career um, these past two games. He's thrown, I think he threw two interceptions this week and maybe like one or two last week. So, yeah, the Jag- Jaguars are nothing nothing to write home about really if you're playing them. And I think the Broncos, yeah, they have they looked okay. Like with Teddy Bridgewater as your, your quarterback, it's, he's not going to give you anything uh, miraculous or special like any of the other top quarterbacks in the AFC will. But uh, he's just like the safe option. He won't. I don't. He won't lose you games, like like some other um, bad quarterbacks do. But again, the Broncos, especially in that division too, with uh, with the Raiders now and the Chargers and the Chiefs, I just find it hard to believe that they'll really make any noise. Just because I don't see anything that pops out of me right away from from them. Yeah, I'd say they're they're a pretender too. I mean, again, it's so early in the season, uh, and they play. I mean, like you said, Manny, the Giants and Jaguars. Those are games they're going to win. Uh, the Giants are again heads with their with their heads cut off. Jaguars. I don't think any part of the body is moving for them. I mean, they just look so just awful. To be completely honest, it was like the 0 16 Lions. What like 15 years ago, something like that. Now, just really scary to say 15 years ago, but. I think it is, you know, the Broncos, yeah, they're 2-0, big whoop. They also lose Jerry Judy this week to IR, and that's a huge target for, you know, Teddy Bridgewater or Drew Locke, whoever's in. That's a huge loss. Yeah, you still have Noah Fant as your tight end. You still have Cortland Sutton. Uh, I think you have some decent players, but I wouldn't say you have, like, an Odell Beckham, a Justin Jefferson, a Derrick Henry. They don't have any of those, like, players to really rely on. That defense is decent. But in order to win football games, you have to score points, and that starts with your offense. And I don't think, especially with the loss of Jerry Judy, 
they're not going to win. I, I don't think, I mean, it's, it's really just a pretender at this point. I don't think they're really going to do much, especially because there's so much competition in that AFC East that it's just going to be, I think they lose some point during this season. If they somehow get to like six and now be like, all right, maybe, you know, maybe it happens, but again, that's still week six and there's 10, 11 more weeks in the season that could go six, 11. So I think it's early. I don't think the Broncos are, you know, a contender though. I think they're going to be a pretender. Unless their defense turns out to be elite, like top five, top three, I think they're on the pretender side, but if their defense turns out to be that good. Then they're a contender. We'll stick in the AFC. The only other two and team in the AFC, the Raiders. This one's pretty hard for me, but I ended up choosing contender. You beat the Ravens, beat the Steelers, both solid wins. But my one worry is they really haven't faced a good pass defense yet. They've allowed three plays, though, three pass plays of 40-plus yards. That's the second most in the NFL through two weeks. I know that's a small sample size, but that's, that's worrisome when you haven't faced teams that chuck the ball down the field very often. Ben Roethlisberger is it someone that's going to throw it deep. The Ravens sometimes take shots but they're generally a team that likes to run the ball so it worries me I think there's issues on that defensive side the offense is is working out shockingly with John Gruden and and Derek Carr at the moment so I've got them as a contender but I think they could easily flip to a pretender very quickly yeah I think it just uh I think it just depends like what we're talking about really like if you're thinking about I don't know contending for for definitely the division yeah I can see that but uh, maybe even the AFC, you never know how it's going to play out or anything. But uh, anything above that, like a Super Bowl, I don't, I don't think so. But I think from what we've seen so far and with with the Raiders, their defense is, uh, has surprised me. Um, they're surprisingly uh, able to get a lot more pressure on opposing quarterbacks than I thought they would be. Um, their secondary is looking pretty decent there, led by uh, Casey Hayward, who led the league in interceptions like, uh, a few years ago so they're they're solid they're a solid team um like you said Connor they'd be in the Ravens and the Steelers which are um up there in uh AFC uh teams but uh yeah I think uh again it's just that they do have some social players like Darren Waller and uh Derek Carr's playing a lot better than most people thought they would but I don't know it's just uh it just seems like at this point it's always going to be either like the Chiefs or or uh, or the Bills maybe even or even possibly all through the Steelers in there too. Why not that uh, are really the top, the top teams right now? Oh, and the Browns, the Browns definitely they just seem to have a better balance of uh, of who they are and better I guess just more talent than uh, the Raiders do right now. So I think the they won't be terrible. They definitely proven something, but they're uh, they're not there yet. Uh, that's all I'm gonna say. They're not there yet. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I don't think you know. I'm going to go with uh, Connor on this one. I think they are at the moment a contender, but there is a lot of question marks. Like I talked about earlier, that offensive line is banged up. They're missing their star- a couple of their starters. And like Connor talked about, I don't think they really have a particularly good defense overall. Uh, obviously that AFC West is tough. The Chargers, when they don't shoot themselves in the foot, that's a good team. And I think there are, you know, there's, there are good teams in the AFC West. I think there's a lot of good teams in the rest of the AFC and the NFC. So I think at some point, yes, the Raiders will show their true colors and we'll realize, all right, 
you never mind. Like, they're, you know, they had a hot start, but they're not ready yet. I think for now, though, contender. But uh, by the end of the season, I think we'll realize they weren't ready. They just had a really hot start, and they didn't play, you know, the greatest teams in the world. So I think they're going to get exposed for, for now, contender. Moving to the NFC, they have five undefeated teams thus far. Let's go with Panthers first. I have them as pretender. They've faced the Jets. We know the Jets are bad. Pretty plain and simple. You don't even need to throw a stat out there. Faced the Saints last week, which was missing eight assistant coaches and then four defensive starters. So that's a pretty big deal due to COVID protocols. But what's really annoying to me about this team, and they're looking better than I than I expected. Don't, don't get me wrong, but I, I don't think they're going to contend. They might make the playoffs, I guess. But I'm going to put them as a pretender because I think they're going to have a pretty good record without a lot of substance. So they're 2-0 now. And then over the next six weeks, they face the Texans, the Cowboys, the Eagles, the Vikings, the Giants, and the Falcons. They could be 8-0, to be completely honest over that. They, they could win any of those games, I believe. Texans, they can win that game. Cowboys, that's up in the air, but they can win that game. Eagles, hard game, but they can win it. Vikings, they can win. Giants, Falcons, they can win. All those games, I think they can win. And then what gets more annoying is they get some harder teams to face. You got Patriots, Cardinals, Washington football team, Dolphins, Falcons, their next five games. But they're all winnable. I don't see them going 13-0, but there's some crazy world out there where the Panthers are 13-0, and I don't think they're a 13-0 team by any means. So I think they're a pretender, but I think they could somehow end up 8-0, and it's going to get loud, but I, I don't think they're real. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point you make, Connor. I think, um, yeah, it's kind of like um, I would know it just from like uh, from watching the Steelers last year. Um, they were undefeated. They were 11-0. And then it's just when you look over their schedule last week, it's like, who are they playing to beat 11-0? You know what I mean? So I that's a good point that you make there. It's just like, who are they playing at this point to be uh, to be uh, really talked about so highly of? But uh, even still, I, I think um, – I think they've convinced me enough. I might be completely wrong in like three weeks, but uh, I think they've convinced me enough to think that they can really make some noise in uh, not just their division, but just in the uh, the whole NFC, I think, because other than obviously the Bucks and, and the Packers, I still believe in the Packers. Um, other than that, you have the Rams, yeah, the Cardinals, but that's only four teams, the four teams that obviously make it in, but then you got three other spots, and I think they'll definitely – um, capture one of those spots. And I think they will make some noise, I think, just because um, we've seen a little bit of shakiness from the Bucks and uh, uh, the Packers last week too, just an anomaly of a game for Aaron Rodgers. And, but they are vulnerable at, um, at on the defensive side of the ball. So every team in the NFC has something that you can take advantage of. And I think, no, don't get me wrong, the Panthers do as well. But I think just that uncertainty of it all, I think they'll definitely be a, a contender just because of the overall circumstances of the, of the NFC. Yeah. I think, you know, like you talked about Connor, they could potentially go eight. No, even, you know, potentially 13 and 12 and one 11 and two do. I think that, you know, they could do that with the talent level they have. No, I think it is a case of, you know, the Steelers last season, 
you know, they had one, I think it was the easiest or like the second easiest schedule uh, in the entire NFL. And we saw them get blown up in the last half of the season because they actually played good teams. And I think it might be, you know, if it all works out, the Panthers could be exactly that. Uh, I disagree with Connor with the Eagles uh, losing that game, but they probably will lose that game. Uh, but I think, yeah, 8-0, potentially, you know, an 11-0, or excuse me, 11-2, 12-1, even like a 10-3. That's still going to be really good uh, for this Panthers team. I don't think they can achieve it, but you know what? The NFL is crazy. The Steelers were a surprisingly good team last year, uh, or really not that good just because of their schedule. And I think they got blown up. And I think it's going to happen again for the Panthers this season if all goes right. I don't think the Panthers are as talented as the Steelers, so that's why I'm a, a bit hesitant to say it's going to be like last season. Uh, but you know what? Panthers for right now, they are a contender. I think they don't have the greatest um, – you know, the teams in their division aren't playing at the, you know, highest level. Obviously, the Bucs were Super Bowl champions last year, but they're shaky. Their defense their defense and offense sometimes looks a little inconsistent, uh, but I still think their Bucs are a contender. Panthers are a contender. So, you know what? I'm going to take Panthers as a contender, but that can easily end up as a Steelers of last year or it's just a hot start. I think they'll definitely most likely be in the wild card discussion, even if they're 9-4, and 8-5. and five. Because I think that's that's very likely at eight and five or nine and four, they they should be able to do that with their upcoming schedule. When I'm looking at it, but then there's those those last I believe four weeks are very difficult. You got Bills, you play the Bucks twice, and the Saints once. So I think we are looking at that thing where they've got a pretty semi easy schedule in the beginning. If they take advantage of it, they're going to get a lot of hype. Moving to the Bucks, I've got them as a contender. Don't have much to say. A funny stat is that Brady is currently on, on pace for 75-plus touchdowns this season. It's, it's most likely not going to happen. And small sample sizes are dumb a lot of times, but I think that's just fun to throw out there. But anyone have anything else besides contender for the Bucs? No, not at this point. Uh, yeah. They're just the Bucs. They got Tom Brady, all the weapons that they have. Uh, they're definitely contenders. Contenders, yeah. I think it's, you know what, even the greatest teams in the world have their down weeks or down two or three weeks. It's still the Bucs. Tom Brady's your quarterback. Rob Gronkowski, O.J. Howard are your tight ends. Antonio Brown, Mike Evans. I, can't, I, I honestly don't even know. CJ got or Chris Godwin, excuse me. Uh, and then when you have Leonard Fournette and Ronald and Ronald Hill as your running backs. They have a ton of defensive playmakers as well, pretty much the entire team from last season. So Bucks are a contender, maybe a Super Bowl contender. Uh, I think they have the talent to do that and head coaching to do that as well. So I think they're a contender. Uh, I don't really think that they're – I would say they're the farthest opposite of a pretender. All right. Three more 2-0 teams to talk about. Cardinals. This one's pretty 50-50 for me, kind of like the Raiders. Not really sure what to think yet. I'm going to go pretender because I'm still going to hop on the the train that uh, Cliff Kingsbury is not a very good coach. And I I think they just rely too much on improv plays by Kyler Murray. I know Kyler Murray is great at it, but that's not a sustainable offense to me. And I think there's a a really good chance that they're successful this year. They make the playoffs. they, They do really well but they have the vibe that it's going to be a bunch of one score game wins. I know the NFL plays in a bunch of one score games, 
But I think if we fast forward to July and August next year, we're going to be talking about how the Cardinals are looking at regression because they won all those one-score games. So if Kyler Murray is able to do that for them, they're going to win one-score games, and he's going to be able to keep them competitive. But I still don't trust Cliff Kingsbury at the moment. So that's why I have them as pretender, even if they win a lot of games this year. Yeah, I think uh, I share the same sentiment just because uh, um, regarding Kyler Murray with the just the improv plays, it just doesn't all, it doesn't seem like a organized football like uh, like you're accustomed to with like the Bucks or or the Packers and teams like that of that caliber. But I think I've, obviously um, when you have a player like Kyler Murray, you want him to uh, to be that catalyst for your offense. You want him to really um, direct the show. In, in other terms, but I think at some, sometimes they kind of get lost in that and they do it a bit too much where, again, um, like you said, Connor, you get to where Kyler Murray's just kind of like drawing up plays on his own, it, it seems, and doing what what he does and just running around back there until somebody has to eventually get open and then he just chucks it like 50 yards down there and it just makes it seem like the most miraculous play when really it was kind of just like a broken play that didn't work at first and then you get all these crazy reactions to him being um, this uh, great magician, like uh, they've described like Russell Wilson or Patrick Mahomes too. But uh, other than that, I think their, their defense has kind of impressed me. I think that was the biggest crusher mark with them. Um, You knew what you're going to get out of Kyler Murray. You didn't know how that defense was going to shape up um, with the uncertainty of Chandler Jones and was JJ Watt still the same JJ Watt that um, they needed him to be. He hasn't really shown up just yet, but I think um, the defense overall has just surprised everyone. They played a little bit better than uh, than a lot of people expect, and they're 2-0 right now in the hardest division, I think most would agree, uh, in football at this moment. So I think great start for them. Um, being 2-0 right now I think is huge, just, again, because of that, the division they're in. And I think just for that reason, I think they are contenders. Because they have played the Vikings, yeah, and the, we have written them off already. Um, like they're nothing special, but they have some good players that are dangerous. Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook, and uh, that defense has some good playmakers as well. Um, I think the quality that they've shown so far does make them, in my opinion, a contender um, so far early, so early on in this season. Yeah, I. I... It, I go back and forth. Uh, you know, the Cardinals are a good team on paper. You know, they have Kyler Murray, who, I mean, the man can run and pass up there with the best pocket passers and the best mobile quarterbacks in the league. They also have DeAndre Hopkins. They have, I mean, they have a deep, the thing is they are, you know, they're, I think they're a good team. I think the offense is is decent. I want to say it's great, but it's, 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 pretty good uh that defense as well is pretty decent Buda Baker uh or excuse me JJ Watt uh and Chandler Jones that's a pretty good and the linebackers as well Isaiah Simmons uh I think they have a good team on paper they just have to put that to work on the field I think that they're able to you know I wouldn't say they're necessarily a pretender but I also wouldn't say necessarily that they're a contender I think it's so early on in the season that we really can't say any of these teams are going to maybe going to be like a pretender or a contender. I think maybe in the like exception of the Broncos who are two and out, I don't think they're good. I think they're absolutely a pretender, but for 
the you know for the Cardinals I think you really can't say either way what's going to happen with him just because it's so early on in the season and I mean teams develop chemistry so maybe the Cardinals go on a run I mean that AFC what they're excuse me that NFC West is pretty tough uh so I think it's too early to say what's exactly going to happen the Cardinals I think I'm kind of in the middle with them 49ers I don't like them very much but I think they're going to be a contender Jimmy G holds them back at QB, but I don't think Trey Lance is ready. So that's an issue. I believe Jimmy Garoppolo has only thrown two passes of 20-plus yards, which is the lowest, I'm pretty sure, by any QB thus far in the, the season. And then it just isn't the same defense that it was two years ago, which is the defense that led them to that Super Bowl appearance two years ago. So I think they're going to contend because they're very good, but they're in a very difficult division. So... I just I, – I don't know, but I think they're a fringe contender, but I'm not in love with them. Yeah, I kind of, I'm kind of in the the half and half kind of believing in them. I, I think I want to believe in the 49ers just because of the uh, the players that they have and that they should be they should be doing a lot better than uh, that they have so far. I know it's been only two games. Uh, you got to get into the flow of things. But I don't know. It's just they haven't convinced me, really. I think that this week uh, against the Eagles uh, was a chance to really, like, prove people, like, yeah, we can beat this team that just blew up the Falcons. I know the Falcons aren't the greatest of teams, but they had a chance to really uh, show their dominance. But they kind of struggled to really score any points in that. That game was very, just very boring. Nothing much happened. So I think they missed a chance there. But uh, at this point, from the expectations that we had of them, uh, I'm going to go with Pretender also just because uh, um, from all those reasons that I said, they're not what we thought they would be at this point. So uh, maybe that'll change. Maybe this will be the whole season, but it just doesn't seem any, like anything special right now. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I don't think the 49ers, I mean, they beat the Eagles, but, you know, they just don't look as good as they did two years ago when they went to the Super Bowl. I, I, I don't think they're the same team. I think they've struggled with a lot of injuries over the last two seasons. They got killed last season with injuries. And I don't think they are the same team. Jimmy Jury, or excuse me, Jimmy G, he doesn't look the same. Again, he hasn't, he hasn't been like a level, like an incredible quarterback. And he was average in New England. And he was, I mean, he was helped by that offense uh two years ago George Kittle was breaking out as one of the top tight ends I think that defense was good I think the team was perfectly assembled for that season I don't think they're the same team I think that is a tough NFC West obviously with the Cardinals and then also with the Rams who we'll talk about in a minute that's three two and oh teams obviously things change but the 49ers do not look the same I don't think that defense looks the same and I don't think you know the offense looks the same I mean they're they've had so many injuries at running back. They're bringing in more running backs to try and try them out and see what they can do. But I mean, that's just tough. The injuries are killing them again. That's a good team, but the injuries that's just going to kill you long-term. So I don't think they're a contender. I think I'm, I may like kind of go towards being a pretender, but I don't want it necessarily. They're strictly a pretender. They may go like on a streak or whatever, but I don't think there's a really solid chance of them like competing for, you know, maybe the division, much less a, you know, an NFC championship. And it it proves once again, just how short Super Bowl windows are and how precious they are and why it is sometimes smart to go all in because they, they evaporate in an instance. 
All right, last 2-0 team, Rams. I have them as a contender. I think the offense should be elite for the most part. They're going to put up close to 30 points every game and probably more than 30, a lot of games. I have some questions about the defense thus far, but I think that's just because you're getting a new defensive coordinator in there running slightly different scheme, and I think that's just going to take a little bit of time to get used to, but you've got enough playmakers on that defensive side. Best defensive player in Aaron Donald and one of the best cornerbacks in Jalen Ramsey. So I think they'll be fine. They'll figure it out. I trust Sean McVay, contender for me. Yeah, I share the same same feeling there. Um, I think with the addition of uh, Matt Stafford, I think it's just really opened up this offense to its full potential. Uh, we're really seeing what uh, Sean McVay, how creative he is and how good of a play caller he is when he has the, the adequate quarterback to – to really display all of these plays and how good this offense really is. Uh, Cooper Cup has been looking great so far. He seems to have the best connection with Matt Stafford out of any of the receivers. So that's exciting if you're a Rams fan. And defensively, they're not there yet, but uh, with so many stars, I think it's only a matter of time before um, they really start uh, establishing their dominance against other teams. And uh, again, just like a little preview to next week, I think they, they're going up against the Bucks, which would be very – very uh, exciting matchup to see how they could um, they could play the Bucks in the NFC Championship for all we know. So we get a little preview to that and a little bit of a clash of the Titans so early on in the season, which I'm really looking forward to. So if they could win that game, then I think they'll um, we'll get some we'll get some more reactions to them next week being uh, the team to be in the NFC. So I'm looking forward to that. But yeah, at this point, definitely uh, no doubt they're uh, they're a contender. I definitely say they're a contender. I mean, when you have Matt Stafford, who finally has a good wide or really just a good offense or in a good team in general, I think he's playing well. I think the Bucs game next week, yeah, it's going to be probably the game of the week, in my opinion. And that defense still, I mean, it still looks as good as it do. When you have Aaron Donald uh, just completely killing offensive lines and you, and you have Jalen Ramsey patrolling, you know, that you know, his side of the field on defense, I don't think there's much chance stopping them. So I think they are a contender, and we could probably see that Bucks game be another rematch in the NFC Championship. All right, two-minute drill. Basically, just short thoughts that we, that we couldn't get to because it's about an hour podcast, and there's a lot of football each weekend. But I had a, I had a short one. It was just a funny tweet. Uh, well, not – exposing the Texans here was funny, but it was by Ben Solak of the, of the ringer. He had this tweet and had the, the video along with it. He said the Texans pick up 13 yards on third and 15. And the Browns called for an off were called for an offsides. So Texans can choose between a fourth and two or a third and 10. So there's, there's your two options there. The Texans choose a fourth and two, and then they decide to punt the ball away which is hilarious. There's not much from that Texans-Brown games, to be honest, but that had to be one of the funniest things. I wish I saw that live. I'd have been completely confused. When I saw it come across my Twitter feed, I was like, how did that happen? Stefanski looked completely confused. They went to him on the sideline. He looked blown away and shows you why. the It, it feels like one of those things where were they throwing the game? It was early in the game, but just very odd. Any any small thoughts from you guys over the past weekend that we just didn't have time to get to? Uh, just the um, – I think the whole situation surrounding the, the Bears right now, 
Um, we got to finally see Justin Fields go in, and then he didn't play great. It nothing special, but I, when you just get thrown in, they're like, what do you expect? But I think it was just – I saw some uh, some analysts, I think, yesterday or this morning saying that uh, that they would still start Nick Foles over Justin Fields at this moment just because Justin Fields, they believe, isn't ready. So I thought that was pretty pretty ridiculous. Uh, you draft a guy within the first 15 uh, picks of the NFL draft, and when your starter goes out, you're still going to start, I guess, the third string at this point. It seems pretty crazy to me that somebody would even say that, but – um, yeah, I think that was pretty funny. And I think going forward, I think they'll probably just start him regardless now. Even if Andy Dallin's healthy, I bet they'll just throw him in there next week against the, the Browns, if I'm not mistaken. So it'll be interesting to see that. He own hurts MVP. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> no, I think, I think that this season is probably going to be one of the more competitive seasons we've seen in a long time. And I don't necessarily think that the Chief, I think. My hot take now is the Chiefs don't make the Super Bowl. I don't think that the same team that they saw, even with them bringing back so many of their starters, I just get something in my gut that tells me that something's going to happen. And for whatever reason, they end up losing in the AFC Championship or even earlier than that. Is it probably a bad take? Yes. But something in my gut just tells me the Chiefs won't make the Super Bowl. I don't think they're the same team as they were you know, a year ago or two years ago. So we'll see what ends up happening, but I think they lose before they make it to the Super Bowl. All right. Well, that's going to wrap it up for our week two recap. I'll be interested to see what you mentioned, Manny, Justin Fields moving forward. I think that'll be a bigger discussion going ahead. And if they continue to play him, if they don't continue to play him, but hopefully we'll be able to dive more to that and just the, the QB report from all the rookies this year. But that, that's it. That's been Connor, Patrick, and Manny. Week two of the NFL. You can hear us every week wherever you get your podcast. It's presented by U92 The Moose. This has been First and Moose. Thank you for listening. Thank you.